0: Once the Baal Shem Tov had a dream in which a man who had already passed away came to him and begged the Baal Shem Tov to help him. He said, I can't get any rest because my son, my only child, has left the path of the Torah. He doesn't keep Shabbos and he doesn't keep kosher. Because of him, my neshama gets no rest. Please, Rebbe, you have to help me. The Baal Shem Tov harnessed the horses and he had a special carriage. And of course we know that the Baalschemtov was able to travel great distances in a short amount of time which is one of the earlier stories I told on the podcast and within a few hours the Baalschemtov was parked with his horses and carriage outside the mansion of the wealthy son of the man who had appeared to him in his dream the son lived in Paris that's right, within a few hours, the Baal Shem Tov had traveled from Mezhibuz in Ukraine all the way to Paris in France. The Baal Shem Tov sent his driver, Alexei, to go knock on the door of the mansion, and he knocked and knocked. But nobody answered. And then finally, one of the servants answered the door, sees this Ukrainian peasant standing there, and closes the door in his face. Alexei, the driver, he looks back at the balshemtov with a sign of like, "What am I supposed to do?" And the balshemtov tells him, "Keep knocking until they let you in." So he knocks and knocks and knocks and is banging on the door. And finally, the husband and the wife woke up. The husband he was upset, but the wife she was curious, and she walked down the stairs of the mansion, down the long path, all the way to the carriage, and looked inside where the balshemtov was sitting. As soon as she saw the balshemtov, she lost her breath because of the holy light that was coming out of the Holy Rebbe. She told the driver in the Baal Shem Tov, Wait here a second, I'll be right back. And ran back into the house, where her husband was, pacing the floor, upset that he was woken up in the middle of the night. The wife said to her husband, You know, we have such a large house, and no children, and no one else is here. Please let us bring the rabbi in and let him stay here. So the Baal Shem Tov was given a very nice room, and they brought in kosher food. Within a short amount of time, word spread that a great, wonder-working rabbi had arrived in Paris and was staying in the mansion. So people started showing up at the mansion, knocking on the door. And it wasn't long before there was a whole line going all the way around the block. Everyone was waiting to see the Baal Shem Tov. Now, the wife was very curious about what was going on here, and so she started having conversations with the people who were waiting in line. She would ask them, who is this guy, the Baal Shem Tov, and why are you here, and why are all these people here? And people would talk about the wondrous cures that they got, that the Baal Shem Tov was able to give them a bracha, a blessing, or sometimes a kamea, an amulet, or a potion to help them, everyone with their individual problems, and everyone was able to be helped by the Baal Shem Tov. So the wife started thinking to herself, maybe the Baal Shem Tov could help me too? And that night she went to her husband and she said, please, ask the Baal Shem Tov for a blessing. We've been married for so many years. We've been blessed with so much money. We don't have any children yet. Maybe this holy man can help us. But the husband, he didn't find this interesting at all. He had spent a fortune on all the best doctors in all of Europe and all of them had checked his wife and him, and there was nothing that could be done to help them have children. What is this rabbi from Ukraine going to do? Come on! The biggest professors and doctors in the world have checked us out. They said it's impossible for us to have children. I'm not even going to waste my breath asking this rabbi for a blessing. But the wife, she didn't give up. She kept telling her husband, you gotta ask him for a bracha you got to ask him for a blessing. Please, I want children. Please, you have to. And in the end, the husband agreed. He went over to the holy Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov looked up at the husband, and he said, Tell me, what do you do? Where did you get all the money for this beautiful mansion from? And the husband said, I make wine. I'm one of the most famous winemakers in the entire world. So the Helega Baal Shem Tov said to him, Do you make kosher wine? And the husband said, No, I have no need for kosher wine. I have an enormous market and make a huge amount of money every year. Why would I want to make kosher wine? So the Baal Shem Tov said to him, listen, at the next harvest, please do me a favor. I want you to make a run of kosher wine. And when it's ready, bring it to Mezhibuz. And I guarantee you, you'll make a nice profit. The husband was a very wealthy man. And he knew wine. And he laughed at what the Baal Shem Tov said. Please, please. Rabbi, you think I'm going to make kosher wine and go to your little town in Mezhibuz for a good profit? No, thank you, Rabbi. I'll stay right here in Paris and sell my treif wine and continue getting richer and richer. But the wife was looking at her husband, giving him a sign like, Okay, get over your ego and ask the Baal Shem Tov for a blessing. So the husband says, Rabbi, I'd like to please ask you for a bracha. The Baal Shem Tov said, Yes, what do you need? He said, You see, my wife and I, we've been married for many years. All of the greatest doctors in the whole of Europe have checked us, and they said it's impossible for us to have children together. But my wife believes that you can do something about it. I think it's a joke, but for her. And then he remembered a little bit of his religious upbringing. So he said to the Baal Shem Tov, You know, Rebbe, for Shalom Bayes. For peace in the home. So the Balashemtov gave the husband and wife several vials of liquid with Hebrew letters written on the outside of the bottles. And he promised that within a year she would give birth to a son. The merchant thought this was a waste of time. But at least his wife was happy. And not only was his wife happy, she was overjoyed, and she took the medicines as soon as she got them in her hand. The next day the Balashemto packed up, got into his carriage with Alexey, and left. Paris. And within a few months, the woman became pregnant. Her husband, the wealthy merchant who doubted the Baal Shem Tov and trusted the doctors, was really shocked. He said, okay, the Baal Shem Tov said that my wife would get pregnant, and she is, so I'm going to make a run of kosher wine and I'll bring it to Meshibuz to thank him for the blessing that he gave us. And when the harvest was over and the wine was ready, he put the barrels of kosher wine into several wagons and headed out with a driver to Mejibuz. After several days on the road, the driver lost his way. And when the husband got off the wagon in order to try to figure out which direction to go, not paying attention, the driver left without the husband. And he traveled for a few hours with all these barrels of wine, before he realized that the merchant, the wine merchant, was missing. So he frantically turned the wagons around and drove back, but he couldn't find him. He went into the nearest town, he hired people to come and look for the merchant and nobody could find him, and eventually he was forced to return to Paris, to the wife, who was pregnant with their child, but without her husband. Well, the wife wouldn't accept this. She sent out a search party, but nobody could find her husband. He had simply vanished. Now what happened to the husband was that he got lost in the woods. He walked around for a while, couldn't find the driver, he couldn't find his wagons, but he found a little small shack in the middle of the forest with a chimney and some smoke coming out of it. And when he knocked on the door and came in, he saw it was a group of men that were playing cards. So the husband liked to play cards, and he had a lot of money on him, and he had very fancy clothes as well. So they invited him to come and sit down at the table. He started smoking cigars, drinking some wine. Within a short amount of time, not only did he lose all of his money, but a lot of his fancy clothes as well. All he had was his undershirt and his long underwear, and they threw him out of the house and locked the door behind him. So the husband, not knowing what to do, started walking around, and several hours later, he came across a small farm where there was a shepherd and his family. And out of the goodness of his heart, the shepherd brought him in, gave him something to eat, and gave him some peasant's clothes to wear. Well now, the merchant, the husband, he didn't have any ID. Nobody knew who he was. He had no money. He's walking around in farmer's peasant's clothes. And every time he would see somebody on a wagon or a carriage, he'd say, Please, you have to get me back to Paris. But either they would laugh in his face or just ignore him. And he would say, I have a lot of money. I'll pay you, I promise. But of course they didn't believe him because he didn't look like he was wealthy. Eventually, he was able to get rides from place to place. And he ended up in a small town where there was a shul and a Beit Midtash. House of Study, and he did grow up religious, so he did know what it is to be a Jew. And he walked in, kissed the mezuzah on the way in. He asked for a kippah, and he said, Shalom aleichem, my sweetest friends. I'm from Paris, and I'm a little lost. Would you be able to help me with some food and a place to sleep? And so, of course, the local Jews helped him out, and he started going from shul to shul, Beit Midrash to Beit Midrash. Every time he showed up, people would give him some food and a place to sleep. And this being hosted by all these religious Jews really humbled him. And as he wandered from place to place trying to get back to Paris, he started looking deep into his own heart like he had never done before. And of course, in all these shuls and all these Batei Midrash, he would learn some Torah, and he would spend Shabbos, and he would eat kosher food. And eventually, he started hearing the teachings of a Rebbe, of the Heide Gabal and after enough wandering around, this wine merchant became a Shtikal chassid, a little chassid of the Baal Shemtov. And then he said to himself, maybe the Baal Shemtov can help me get back to Paris. And when he heard that a group of the Hasidim were going to visit the Rebbe in Mezhibuz, he asked for a ride. And as soon as he got there, he came to the Baal Shemtov. The Rebbe was farbrengening. He was having a Hasidic gathering with all the chassidim, and they were drinking and singing And sharing words of Torah. And the Rebbe himself, the Baal Shem Tov, offered the wine merchant a glass of wine. And when the wine merchant looked at the label on the bottle, he saw that it was from his own wine company. It was Treif, a non-kosher wine. That's what everyone there was drinking. And the Baal Shem Tov himself was giving the wine merchant Treif wine. The Baal Shem Tov saw everything that was happening on the wine merchant's face, and he just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> the Baal Shem Tov said, "Don't worry about the wine. It's true that this is your label, but this is the kosher wine that I asked you to make when I visited you in Paris." The Baal Shem Tov said, "If you go outside, you'll see that your wagons loaded with the wine are just outside the city. Now take a horse and wagon and hurry back home to Paris because just like I promised you, your wife is about to give birth to your son." And of course, after the boy was born, The wine merchant started keeping kosher and was wearing tzitziot and keeping Shabbos and hosted guests for Shabbos and Chagim and was blessed with many more children that were able to grow up in that beautiful big home that Hashem had blessed the wine merchant and his wife with. And as the Baal Shem Tov had promised in the beginning of the story, he was able to give the soul of the father of the wine merchant the eternal rest which he couldn't get because his son had strayed from the path of Torah.